بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ومن بعد مغرب سسترز اي فرند ماي راست مي ذا ادر وي ور دوينغ ذا سيمينار اون ليدرشيب اند اي منشن ذات رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم prohibited us from seeking authority and seeking uh, positions of leadership and he said that if you if you go hunting for it if you ask for it then you will be on your own and allah will not help you and allah will hold you accountable but if allah gives it to you then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you and allah will guide you <coughs> so he asked me uh, what question he said uh, what about for example if i have a business i'm trying to promote my product or services or uh, you know these kind of things i am i am talking about myself so is that permissible or not so let me uh, share with you the hadith in um, in tirmidhi there is a hadith sahih hadith narrated by kaab bin malik radhiyallahu who said that rasulullah sallallahu said two hungry wolves sent against a flock of sheep cannot cause more damage to them than a man's eagerness for wealth and prominence wealth and fame and authority causes to his religious commitment so let me repeat that rasulullah sallam said kaab bin malik radhiyallahu reported the rasulullah sallam said two hungry wolves sent against a flock of sheep cannot cause more damage to them than a man's eagerness for wealth and prominence or authority causes to his religious commitment now shaykh al-islam ibn taymiyyah rahmatullahi he said that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained that the damage that eagerness for wealth greed and prominence which is uh, authority and leadership positions fame causes to one's religious commitment damage which is more than that the two hungry wolves would cause in a sheep pen and this is obvious now if there is a if there is sound religious commitment then there cannot be this eagerness because once the heart tastes the sweetness of servitude of being a slave of Allah and love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then there will be nothing dearer to the individual than that and he will give it precedence over other things now it's very important to uh, understand these things in context because today we live in a world which is the opposite of this we live in a world where uh canvassing for votes and standing for election and uh, trying to you know uh, get the get get the attention of people in uh, one way or the other all of this is normal it is done everybody does it and uh, people think that this is nothing wrong with this but rasul sallallahu is saying here in another place when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if somebody asks for imamat do not give it to him if somebody says i want to lead salah don't give it if someone says i want to give the khutbah don't give it for that reason 
because he is seeking this right if allah gives it to you meaning so therefore what must you do you must do your best do your best do your work um and let results speak for themselves and if through that means meaning that the work that you do then people recognize you people respect you and so on and then they ask you to lead them or to give them to give you a leadership position this is okay chal then allah subhanahu wa taala will uh, help you and guide you but not if you run behind that right see the if you if you think about the damage that this seeking of leadership this running behind uh, what in arabic we call sulta which is authority right to become a sultan is somebody who has authority who become a king if you see the right from the beginning of the history of the muslims this is the single thing which has caused unbelievable amount of damage right from the beginning within 30 years of the passing away of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there were battles between muslims for what for authority for power for the throne and nobody was spared nobody was spared sayyidina usman bin affan radhiyallahu anhu he was killed this is one of the greatest of the sahaba of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina ali was killed radhiyallahu anhu right all of them shahid and in that period between sayyidina usman and sayyidina ali radhiyallahu anhu the kind of massacre that happened in madina it almost wiped out the sahaba of rasulullah the sahaba of rasulullah sallallahu they chopped off their hands and legs and they just threw the body the living torsos on the on on, on the rocks on the on the lava plains of uh, on one side of madina living bodies with the sahaba who did this muslims muslims did this for what for power they forced sayyidina ali radhiyallahu anhu to become the khalifa he said i don't want to be he said they said if you don't be then we will kill more people so they forced him and then he also was shaheed and this continued the next line after sayyidina muawiya bin abi sufyan radhiyallahu anhu passed away and his son yazid bin muawiya took over the grandson of rasulullah sayyidina husain ibn ali radhiyallahu anhu he and his whole family was slaughtered including a little child who was still nursing his son who was small who was still nursing even he was killed the idea was to wipe out the complete line so that there is no claimant to the throne and they didn't think that this line is the line of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and see the evil of that because of this it created the shia sunni divide in those days there was no shia that came later but this was the reason 
that created the Shia Sunni divide which is there till today. Yeah, Ajib, 1400 years, we are still fighting over a battle which is gone long back. How, how evil is this desire for power? How evil is the desire for power? And the same thing applies, you, you look again in the Muslims, the dynasties, the Mughals, the Safavis, the Osmanis, the, the Ottomans, right? You take any, any dynasty. Brother killing brother, son killing father. This is standard, standard Muslim behavior with regard to authority and kingdoms. And it's not restricted to one. You can't say only the Arabs did. No, everybody, everybody did. The Arabs did it, the Turks did it, the Indians did it, the, everyone did it. Muslims. And that is what Rasulullah warned us against. He said, don't <laughs> seek power. Don't seek fame. Do your work. Hassan Basir said, the most fortunate, the luckiest person in the world is the one who was born, who grew up, who was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quietly by himself. Nobody knew him. He had no name, no fame, nothing. He lived his life clean and worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he died and nobody knew that also. He said, that man is the best man. He's the most lucky, most fortunate man. So I remind myself and you, let us do the work of Deen. Let us help each other. Let us try to spread goodness around us. And don't seek position and authority. And all. Do your work. Continue to do your work. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to put you in a particular place, Allah will make the way for that. Let, let Allah do it. And if you get that, then you must spend time in istighfar and tawbah. Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab says that the entire duration of his khilafah, he never lay down to sleep, not even one day. He would sleep sitting or he would sleep even standing. He would lean against the wall like this and doze off. He never lay down. He said, I had no time because I, I am busy working or I am making istighfar to Allah That was the fear of being the Khalifa. No, no desire for wealth and his garments, the, the clothes he used to wear, it got so patchy, it had, had so many patches in it, that one day some of the other Sahaba, they brought some cloths and they gave it to his daughter Hafsa bint uh, Omar ibn al-Khattab anha. And they said, don't tell our name to your father. <laughs> said, don't tell him who gave this, but give this to him so he can make a new, uh, you know, shirt for himself, a soap. So when Sayyidah Hafta radiallahu gave her, gave him the cloth, she, he asked her, who said, who brought this? Who gave it? She said, no, I cannot tell you. I, I, <laughs> I told them, I, I gave them my word. So he asked her, he said, tell me, how did your husband dress? Who is her husband? Rasulullah 
He asked her, he said, how did your husband dress? What was his dress like? He said, I am afraid that if I change this, if I make a new thing, then Allah will not allow me to be with my two companions when I and when I am raised before Allah. Who are, the, who are his two companions? Muhammad Sallallahu and Abu Bakr Siddiq He said, I fear, I, that's my, my fear. If I, if I do this, then maybe Allah will not allow me to be with them. Now, this is a different level of taqwa, I agree. I mean, I'm not saying you have to wear clothes uh, which are tattered. No, you, Alhamdulillah, Allah has given you good, wear good and make sugar and, and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But these are standards for us to think about and say, this is how people who had authority, Umar al-Khattab, the, the Khalifa of Islam, who's in under whose uh, rule Islam spread the, you know, all the way from, from Medina all the way up to Jordan, to Philistine. Philistine was, in, in, his, in his time, Philistine was, uh, was, was relieved and, and uh, of course, those, those days Aqsa was not there yet. But it was, uh, Jerusalem itself was, you know, uh, Al-Quds was, uh, was uh, liberated and, and uh, conquered. And that was the Khalifa. A man came to see, to see him. They said, where is the, where is the Khalifa? He said, there under the trees, <laughs> sitting there, dozing off. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to learn from these beautiful, fantastic examples that we have in our history. And to learn to do that which pleases Him. And to live our lives in a way that pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to stay far away from all of this, the, the, the uh, you know, attractions of this dunya. Wa sallallahu ala nabi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi al-mayim bi rahmatika wa rahmatika